Here we go. Again. Again, baby. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate. And John, baby. And John, today. We are going to recap UFC Fight Night Kansas City, which featured a main event between Max Holloway and Mm -hmm. Arnold Allen. Lots to talk about there. Then we will get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night. Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades, baby. And finally, all the news and happenings in and around the mixed martial arts. And there's a lot to talk about this Mm -hmm. week, including... Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul, Alex Pedeta's future, fight announcements, fights can- cancellations, and Brandon's neon belly future. Yeah. We have to talk about it. Yes, sir. And so much more. Uh-huh. But first, John, how are we doing on episode 129 of the Neon Belly podcast, or as some people are calling it, the sum of the first 10 prime numbers episode of the Neon Belly podcast? Oh, man. Brandon's probably mad about that. Missing that. Uh yeah, I mean, that's a, probably the best so far. $400, John. Can you name the first 10 prime numbers? First 10 prime numbers. <laughs> if you had to. John, do you know what a prime number is? Yeah, but I'm trying to think in my head. <clears throat> so a prime number is a natural number greater than one that is not a product of two smaller natural numbers. Right. Could you name the first 10? First 10... No. Okay. They are 2, 3, 5, 7, 11, 13, 17, 19, 23, and 29, and 4, 8 total. I knew 29. Yeah, I got that one. Yeah, yeah that one. I just, I just didn't want to do it if I couldn't do 10. Add know. them all up, you get 129, and here we go, baby. Episode 129. <sighs> 129 of these things. And I feel like we got to lead with the Brandon update, folks, because he's yeah. been gone. He's not here. Uh, and we can actually luckily say Brandon will be back. Uh, Mm -hmm. His schedule has just been a little crazy, um, and I think it just kind of worked out where he's going to have to miss a couple episodes consecutively here. All good. Things happen. Life happens, Mm -hmm. and we move. Uh, So we are going to continue, though, to allow him to make picks every week for these fights. So that way when he comes back, he's not like a couple weeks. It's probably going to be a couple weeks. Like I said, just everything happens sometimes, and then it's like it adds up, and it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm going to be like a couple episodes so we didn't want him to like come back and then it's like so far gone to right. where it's not even worth um making the picture him, him making a yeah. pick exactly because it just doesn't make sense um so we're gonna allow him to keep making picks um also with him out um for a little bit i have to say uh, my obligations uh with the with the mma underground the ug uh i've got to give john here a special little shout out uh because you stepped up uh, and you've been doing a lot of the gritty work. Um, and this episode would not have happened this week uh, if you hadn't carried it and done pretty much all of the leg work. Sometimes you work on the back a little bit. Yeah, and everybody will hear that, obviously. So uh, you've also been doing a great job live tweeting during the event, which is something that we've been talking about yeah. and wanting, wanted to do for a while. Um, and try to look at the camera. I know it's rough, I but know, I know. It's, it's, we're, we're trying to, to move we'll, we'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, we've been wanting 
to do that more, but we've kind of just neglected it. Um, and yeah. you just kind of have taken it and ran with it. So we appreciate that on yeah. behalf of me, the listen, listenership as well. Uh, yeah. We we thank you. It's not easy, man, because when you're watching the fights, you, it's hard to like look at your phone and say, okay, sure. let me make a comment right before the round starts. And I'm trying to hurry up and yeah. put the hashtag on it. But anybody who uh, sees that and interacts, definitely appreciate it. It makes it a little bit easier on me. So. Yeah. When you are, you can look at me, but just mm-hmm. look at the camera like when you're responding for the clips. Okay. That way, so, and that's another thing I wanted to address. Bear with us for these yeah. couple of weeks because we we talked about last week, you know, we've done episodes without Brandon, right? But when you go into it and now we know it's probably going to be a couple weeks, right. it's like the timing is weird. Well, yeah, because like uh, the if people don't know the camera's off right. to the side of Nathan. So as I'm looking at him right. talking to respond is like the actual opposite of what you do in a conversation. And, and so. typically I'm a little bit more square with you, but I can't usually see you during right. the episode. So like with us not being here, <laughs> eye contact is a bit essential when there's just two of us. Right? right. So I've, I've had to turn myself, which in turn turns John away yeah. from the camera. So a bunch of stuff that you guys Either listening way. don't care about, but uh, I should have addressed that probably before we hit record, but you know what? We do it live here, right? Yeah, and, that's been, <laughs> and the other thing is we've been doing this for, I don't know how many years. A little like over two. And I'm talking about just me and oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talking to each yeah, other about no, stuff. Absolutely. But the eye contact's essential yeah. when there's just two of you and we are just not set up for a two-man pod. Right. And there's no sense with him coming back to change any of that now. Right. So we're just going to get through it. It is what it is. Enough of that crap, though. We got to talk about UFC Kansas City. But mm-hmm. before we do, John, rate, sub, follow, let the people know. All righty, everybody. Like he said, we're on Twitter now. It's Neon Belly Pod. We will be changing it to Neon Belly Podcast to match the rest of our stuff. Just haven't got around to it yet. Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast. TikTok, we're on YouTube, Neon Belly Podcast. We're putting short videos up on there if you have apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star review um we love to read those it helps us out a lot spotify you can give us five stars as well so all those things help us out a lot and you guys's activity um we've seen on our instagram and even our our youtube that we've been getting a lot of people in the comments so please keep that up it helps us out a lot and lets you lets us know what you guys are interested in hearing us talk about absolutely john ufc kansas city from this past saturday casey was on fire great crowd i thought um and john let's kick it off in our main event max blessed holloway defeats arnold allen via unanimous decision uh a close couple of first rounds here now Mm -hmm. i will say i did give round one to max and i gave round two to arnold allen Mm -hmm. round three again extremely close as well i thought this round could have went either way did lean max in the end um but to me the story through these first three rounds was really allen having really early success and then max turning it on and coming on strong mm-hmm. towards the end of every round which just made it so close because just when i thought like oh arnold allen just took this round max would just turn it up at the end and kind of almost steal these rounds but coming into it this is the difference sometimes when you're facing a veteran and and, and a guy like max holloway who not only has that five round experience but he's been in there with the best in the world he knows how to win fights like this right and uh, I thought just really did an excellent job there for the, through those first three making it close though Arnold Allen the whole way through I felt round four was Max's round it seemed like to me at this point this was when he was really going to take the fight over I just had a feeling here it goes all right he's gonna we're in the championship rounds mm-hmm. he's gonna turn it up and show Arnold Allen this is where it is boy this is how we do it and then Allen came out in round five and just went for it. Emptied, yeah, yeah, emptied the tank. Uh, 
and, and won that round. I gave him round five as well. I had it 3-2 for Max in the end, mm-hmm. but your thoughts on this fight? I, I agree. I thought it was very close because as much as it seemed like for every one that Allen would land, you know, Max is creeping in three or four, right. especially with those leg kicks. He was just finding uh, – he was constantly touching with those. Yeah. But I also felt like a lot of the times Allen was landing the bigger shots, the big left hand a lot. Yeah. Uh, he went for that head kick a lot for the, with the right foot. It wasn't there as much, but it did a good job of kind of keeping sure. Max back. Um, I do wish that he would have let go a little bit more yeah. like he did in the fifth earlier because especially when, the, like you said, those first three rounds – you know, there's a little bit of give and take there. Sure. The fourth really felt like Max putting a stamp on the fight. Yeah. Um, and I really wish I would have seen some more grappling attempts, at least by Allen, just to throw off the pace or to to maybe work something differently because it was just we've we've learned this. We if you put yourself in striking range with Max, sure. unless you're Volkanovski or you know something like even like a Yeah Year who had a pretty good showing. Um, it's really tough to pull yeah. through. But, I mean, I think this is uh, uh, Arnold Allen getting a chance to learn, right. you know, what it takes to be at the top of this, and Max still showing that he has it. Yeah, it's interesting, the wrestling dynamic, um, because you say that, and I heard a ton of people talk about Arnold Allen grappling and wrestling, and I'm like, but I don't feel like he's really shown that to begin with. Right. I mean, so, like, everybody just assumed, I feel like, coming in that that Arnold was going to have the grappling advantage. And I'm like, but he hasn't seen, really shown that. Right. And before I made my pick last week, I actually saw a video of Arnold Allen and Leon Edwards training together. And Leon essentially trying to show Arnold Allen how to defend a single leg. Mm-hmm. Now, there, I did not foresee Max Holloway attempting right. single legs. But it, I'd have to show you the video, but I felt like watching Arnold Allen really didn't really know how to defend a single leg. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was just that certain technique that Leon was trying to show him. He had just never seen that way of doing right. it. I mean, I'm sure he knows how to defend one, right? To right. You don't get to the UFC without knowing, <laughs> yeah. at least, you know, the fundamentals of it. But you could just see that there was development and learning happening there. And I'm like... Yeah, why does everybody just assume that Arnold Allen is going to be able to take Max down? I mean, Max is not any slouch on the ground no. to begin with. He has pretty good takedown defense. But, and I'm not, because I, I said, I know you're saying that, and I'm not coming at you because I've just seen a lot of people say right. that even here, uh, you know, less than 24 hours removed about the grappling. And I'm like, but it's not like he's been like a, gra- I mean, he has shown it before, but it's not like he's like a prolific grappler that no or anything max hasn't seen or dealt with no i think what it is is it he i needed i thought he needed that for a change and sure. to make max thinks about something whether he gets the full takedown that. or not if you hold him up against the cage and you're working some like dirty boxing stuff or you know yeah. knees to the thigh like <clears throat> things that will slow max down to where he doesn't have his sure. rhythm the whole fight absolutely and i think he did that in um the fifth round i think he, is when he went for like the toward the yeah, end yeah. a little bit um, but I think if you can change things up like that and at least make Max think, oh, well, when he goes low, maybe I need to watch for this. Because although he does have good takedown defense, he does still get hit. So you could set yourself up for a potential to fake and go over the top. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that staying at range with Max, and I thought Max kicked really well. Yeah. That's probably the best I've seen him do as far as mixing yeah. in body kicks and leg kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he'd been 
fell in love with kind of the hand so much sure you kind of forget that he has that ability but i thought that's really what that and the the stance which has really had arnold yeah um hesitant those first four rounds and i think this was a new max that we may be seeing and mm-hmm. and definitely a more defensive performance out of him um but maybe as he's getting to a point in his career where he's realizing it's time to start protecting the body and chin a little bit right mm-hmm. um either or i mean excuse me every fight can't be these five round bangers that he's going into you know he he is just 31 years old and still has many years left if he wants um, and if the body and chin can hold up. Right. And so I don't blame him, honestly, for taking this pr- approach um, and especially against a guy like Arnold Allen who put your lights out. You know, mm-hmm. all respect to Volk. Volk's a phenomenal uh, striker, but Volk hasn't really fully displayed that like one punch knockout power, right? right. And, and Allen has, so I understand this performance from Max. Um and as you said, Arnold Allen, nothing to be ashamed of. As I, you know, I thought it was a great performance by him. Um, it's just so tough when you're facing one of the very best in the world, and he's just not quite a there yet you know Mm -hmm. but very close as we saw um but yeah just very very interesting like i said i honestly was really surprised at first through the first three rounds because you know you said expecting more out of allen i almost felt that way about max like man why isn't he letting go and then you even saw there in the fifth round you know where they had that last little exchange like when max sits down on stuff man it really like lets him go i mean he's got the power um i went back and watched him in the the, him and poyer too man he rocked poyer a couple times Mm -hmm. too like max still has the heat um but again i i totally understand like you just you can't just keep going in and like disregarding defense and expect yeah. you know he's 31 you ain't gonna make it to 33 with the Yair fights or you know I mean I guess he didn't take a ton of damage in the cater but you know the last Volk fight he kind of right. beat up pretty bad there too um but this now leaves us to try to make sense of this featherweight division uh you know we said if Allen won <laughs> it would make it certainly like, very clear oh uh, yeah. yeah a little easier at least mm-hmm. on the future of this division um a, a little bit of an easier track to, to or a path to track excuse me but a max win makes things so confusing now right yep. uh max said this week uh he wouldn't rule out a fourth fight with volk uh which i do agree with i mean we can't rule it out especially as this sport keeps growing i think quadrilogies are something that we're going to continue to see get used to it I mean, it just, I think it's just something that's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if you're Max, you definitely have to sit back and uh, become the biggest Yair fan on July 8th, right? When yeah. he takes on Volk in that title unification bout. Um, and I am willing to bet he will do that. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to wait, sit back, just assess, see how things play out. Um, but I also wonder for Max if a move up at this point in his career does interest him, you know, it's something he's always talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only seen in the Poirier fight, as I mentioned a minute ago, and that fight did not go his way. Uh, but he also said he would be back at 155 pounds and acknowledged that he would have to do it. Um, when he was ready to commit his body to the division and essentially mm-hmm. leave featherweight behind forever. Um, he's beat almost everybody ranked one through seven in the division. Yeah. Um, and, does he really stick around and fight the Ilya Tapuras and Josh Emmett's of the world? I know he said in his post fight, the Korean zombie is a guy he wants is like a legacy thing for him. I get that as well. And no disrespect to any of those guys. They're all top notch, but you see what he just did to a guy like Arnold Allen. Right. right? So, um, I think the only thing for him at featherweight that would even somewhat interest me personally, this is just me speaking, maybe the Ortega rematch. Um, it'd be cool. 
but it wouldn't excite me the same way a trilogy fight with him and Dustin Poirier would at 155 right. pounds or maybe him and Gaethje or him and Fizeev. You know, mm-hmm. Holloway fighting any of those three it definitely excites me more than anything he could do at featherweight right now. Right. Um, unless uh, year were to beat Volkanovski, then sign me up seven. What's the seven trilogy f- yeah. word for him versus Yair? Because if you don't remember the last fight, I could watch those guys fight every weekend, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just think if uh, I just think if if it's something he thinks he can do mm-hmm. and do it the right way. I mean, why not now, man? Yeah, it is interesting because you know, you know, and we're gonna talk about it a lot this episode of guys just you know, being indecisive or not sure what sure. they want to do as far as divisions. And I feel like, um, like you said, you know, if, if Yair wins, it's an easy kind of matchup does, for him. It does change the narrative, yeah, because, you know, like we said, Arnold Allen's an easy. You know what's going to happen if Arnold Allen wins. Right. If Yair wins, I mean, there is no way. They're right. not rebooking that, you know, the rematch between Yair and Max. Right. And, you know, there's also, you know, Max has said he's open to everything. Uh, yeah, I believe Different him. type of opponents. Do yeah. He doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily title fight next. Sure. I think it's as much as nobody will say no to a fourth fight for Max and Volk, but... You do want to have a, a, a thing. That third one, dude, to me, though, was it just like, like a different level. Yeah. And, and I just, we saw, you know, there was, they had the fight. He lost his belt to Volk. They fought again immediately for the rematch. Then he had two fights in between his next Volk fight. He fought, he beat Cater and beat Yair. And still when he came back and, and you know, he just still wasn't enough yeah. to beat Volk. And so it's like. Even if he were to go on and take three fights now between fighting Volk and the quadrilogy fight at featherweight, it's like I just still don't know if it's going to be enough, yeah. man. I well, just... and for me, for Volk, like, I don't really want. I want him to get more fights yeah. against other people. I want to see the challenges. That's why I love this Yair fight. Well, that's what the Tapuras and Josh right. Emmett's are for. Is yeah, just keep letting these guys build up, and that and that's why you know I don't want that me saying that to come across disrespectful. I'm just right. saying like, if you're Max, do you really just sit around and wait for one of these guys to kind? Of weed themselves up so you can fight them, probably beat them. You know, I don't know, bury them. You know, I right. don't. I don't know. It's well, just, and it's like I said last week though. There's also a world where Volk wins the fight and wants to go up again right. for Islam and gives up his 45 title. Yeah, and then if you're Max, oh, the one guy I can't beat is gone. Right. Bring on whoever you guys have a Topira or somebody else. Yeah. You know who has a couple wins in a row or something. Sure. And boom, he's right back where he wants to be. And, so. and to be fair, Max is in a place in his career where. If he wants to fight Korean Zombie, sure. I, I mean, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, 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 but I think if titles, if championships, if these are the things that he still interest him, which they may, um, I think a move to 55 is just like, what better time than now, man? Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a lot of contenders down there, but man, there is some massive fights. Like I said, scary fights. Scary fights. For somebody who gets in wars, the idea mm-hmm. of fighting Gaethje, Faizeev, like, I mean, it's a long list of people. Like I said, even the trilogy fight with Dustin, that excites yeah. me. You know, like if... And, and him and Korean Zombie would probably be a fun fight to watch as well. Um, but there's just what's in that. You know what I mean? What, where, where, What's the meaning? Again, if he just wants legacy fights, he deserves that respect. Take it. But if it's all about, like, getting somewhere still and fighting for Max, then mm-hmm. I think 55 is the route, man. Unless Yair. Yeah. Like, the whole conversation changes on July 8th. Right. If, if Yair... Rodriguez defeats Alexander Volkanovsky. This all goes out the mm-hmm. window, you know, because that's his quickest path back to a title um, instead of risking going up and fighting and maybe right. losing, you know. So Well, and it's very similar to what we had with the Izzy Pajeda thing where right. it's like you have a guy who runs a division. If that guy's out the way, yeah. everybody under him is just... L- 
chomping at the bit to get a chance to fight somebody right. I hadn't fought yet. So this definitely will be a, I think you might see Max with the cowboy hat on yeah. out in the <laughs> middle of the, out, out by the cage. Uh, yeah. on year well, and you, and you said it and he did kind of allude as anything's on the table going up. He did mention that's a possibility. And I truly, truly believe that. I think Max, when Max is ready, he'll think about it. He's a smart guy. He'll do what's best for him. And, mm-hmm. and I'm excited, man. Cause like I said, he, he doesn't usually put himself in boring fights, right? Yeah. I mean, he is so, so I'm excited because whatever he does, I know it's going to be fire. John, our co-main yeah. event, Edson Jr. Barbosa defeats Billy Quarantillo via first round knockout. Ooh. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Uh, just when you thought he was done, folks. Not what me. a beautifully timed, yeah, that's true, beautifully timed. <laughs> Uh, in place knee by Junior Barbosa here. Uh, and it's crazy. I'll be honest, and I, I know I picked Billy Q, so maybe this comes off bias, but I thought Billy Q was starting to fight the fight that he was going to need in order to win and get the win. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of starting to heat up for Billy Q. I th- thought he was kind of doing everything right there for a minute. Uh, but none of that matters when no. you face a guy like Edson who can do stuff like that. And and I mean, I even he, even last week I said, this guy still I know is capable of putting anybody's lights out. Showed it here. And uh, man, what a showing for Edson Barbosa oh. and just a massive win. And that dude is jacked, man. That's- <laughs> he Man, you know what? And he always looks great. Yeah. Uh, but physically to me like imagine a guy like that looking any better but i thought he looks physically even better than he did yeah. in his last couple fights i mean what's the body count fat guy or percentage on that guy like maybe two percent i mean what are we talking about like the holy, episode my boy because cow man it's um, crazy yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm with you i agree i think that you know one thing i thought was good for barbosa is he he had the punching range yeah he was letting off and he, he landed a couple of really good leg kicks but i thought Billy Q was doing a really good job of pressuring, and right. he was able to land some stuff. But you know, when they broke it down, uh, I don't know if you've seen afterwards, but Barbosa was explaining to Billy's coaches how they set that knee up, and that he has that tendency to lean, and like, yeah, that's just a level of striker that well, and, Barbosa and just, is. And just credit to Barbosa and his team; they said they worked that, and mm-hmm. I mean. You had to eat it right to land that, yeah, too, you know? No, and you can tell, like, that's something clearly that they had worked on. I mean, just like you said, just the timing, the placement, um, and, and just, man, hey, like I said, 37 years old, still one of the most dynamic Those and reflexes. fierce and scariest strikers in the UFC. It's just crazy. Um, and you... You said one thing last night, I think you actually tweeted it, was mm-hmm. about the highlight reel, and you know you can kind of go off on that, because I thought you nailed that as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like Barbosa has the most eclectic and just uh, craziest highlight reel ever, even without knockouts. Yeah. Like I said, the Kevin Lee fight where he landed that wheel kick that just had mm-hmm. Kevin Lee just like wobbling, couldn't even stay on his feet. You obviously know the Terry Edom, you know the Benil Darouche, the knee he landed there, yeah. which was a fight that he wasn't necessarily winning in. The Shane Burgos, still oh, one Shane, of the scariest yeah, knockouts the Laid, that fall, was so like, scary, man. Now he, this, this knee with Billy Q. He has the second most knee and leg knockouts, only to Donald Cerrone, and it's like, and you, and his hands are certified, so it's sure. like it's not even just he's a kicker. It's just if the right Barbosa shows up, he will put out anybody. No, I agree, and I can confirm he has entered uh, the conversation of knockout of the year because he is officially a candidate for us. You want to know the updated list real quick? Oh yeah, let's, let's go ahead. This is a little impromptu. This 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 was not written down for the notes today. Let's see. Our so far, folks, knockout of the year is looking at this: uh, Ishmael Bonefiend's knockout against Terrence McKinney, Ooh. which was still crazy. Yeah, it's a good one. Lorenz Larkin, that knockout oh, was gosh. scary. 
uh, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira, mm-hmm. phenomenal knockout, yeah. and now Edson over Billy Q. We are going to have a tough, and we're not even, this is what, April? Well, there might be another one on the bottom <laughs> of this card we didn't even talk about yeah, yet. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I agree. So, uh, knockout of the year is getting oh, really man, competitive really fast. trying to pick that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not looking we forward to We might got to do December. a midterm or something. Jeez. Yeah, we might have to let, uh, we might have to let. I think all of us, everybody listening, us, like we're all just gonna have to come together and maybe vote for that. I don't yeah, know. If put it us, in the story or something. It might be too much pressure for us three to handle on our own. Uh, next fight, John Ewan Kuntalaba defeats Tanner Bozer via first round TKO. Tough lightweight debut for Bozer mm-hmm. here, man. Uh, Kuntalaba uh, lands a big right hand and. Um, Bozer just never recovered from that man. Oh. Big win for Kuntelaba, uh, who was on a three-fight losing streak. Hard not to think that he may not have been fighting for his UFC future here. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like I said, have to feel for Bozer in this spot, who was looking to hit the reset button on his career by moving down um, to 205 pounds. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Kuntelaba has only lost to... Only the best guys in the division. Sure. Jared Cannoneers, Glover, Magomed Ankalaev twice, yeah. Johnny Walker, Ryan Spann. So, you know, he's had some some really tough opponents, right. but this was definitely him showing, okay, at this level, this is what I do to these guys. And for, I thought Tanner Bozer actually looked good as far as how he, like, in shape he was phenomenal. for making 205. This dude came from heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. looked phenomenal. Uh, he did weigh in at 203, right which is under. crazy. Yeah, came in two pounds under, which like I said, when you're coming down from heavyweight, that's not the guy you think is going to... You know, you know what D, did you hear what DC said? Uh-uh. He said, when I fought 205, it was only 205 yeah. on the dot and never under. Right, <laughs> and he was holding on a towel, right? Right. Uh, but um, I will say with that, though, I do wonder if we don't see Bo- Bozer pull the cannoneer and drop one more weight class to middleweight mm. Um, clearly he has the discipline for it, you know, coming in under, uh, makes me wonder if maybe that wasn't the plan all along for a guy like Tanner Bozer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same weight that Izzy came in at uh, for his light heavyweight right. title fight against Jan Blachowicz, the 203 pounds. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's on the cards to begin with. I hope he gets another shot. You know, I think that's maybe three in a row for him. Am I right? Uh, maybe two. I can tell you. I can't remember. But yeah, it's two in a row. Well, he's one for his last five. Okay. Yeah. So he's on a rough skid, you know, but, you know, maybe dropping down one more might have been the plan, which is why he came in so under anyways, because mm-hmm. I don't think he come in too under, you know, like, like with Izzy, he definitely didn't probably cut for 205 pounds, right? right? He just probably diet. I use the bathroom right before <laughs> yeah, weigh-ins or something. Exactly. So just wanted to put that one out there though, just cause, uh, he was, that was, there was some interesting implications on that. Our next fight though, Pedro Munoz mm-hmm. defeats Chris Gutierrez via Unanimous decision, 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. Uh, Pedro dropped Gutierrez big in round one with a mm-hmm. big right hand. Uh, Gutierrez, I thought, did recover well. Uh, stifled Munoz's attacks on the ground. And then once it got back up on the feet, uh, he kind of won those last few exchanges there in round one, did Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. Close round two, uh, but really uh, very little action as well in round right. two. Um, I thought it could have kind of went either way there, uh, but I felt like Pedro was at least coming forward and trying to land. Right. Uh, so heading into round three, I had it two rounds for Munoz. Round three, more of the same, just a very close technical battle, right? Especially defensively. And I know they kind of talked about it on commentary, you know, with people booing. It's like it is so hard when you're watching live, you know, when we went to that mm-hmm. Bellator fight, when you're getting these like technical defensive ones, it, it, it doesn't 
play as well as it does in the arena as it does watching at home you can appreciate right. it more when you're actually able to see those little small intricacies right mm. um but again i did give gutierrez round three yeah for what it's worth but you know the judges didn't see it that way but it wouldn't have mattered either anyways um but because i thought it was just a great game plan here from pedro took all the space away from gutierrez you know mm -hmm. just refused to let him set his feet and get much off um also let gutierrez feel that po power early and i think uh he just definitely felt it in his soul and didn't want to feel it again <laughs> yeah i think it made him pensive because i thought that yeah. gutierrez when he was landing and going he was yeah. he was getting some good stuff off um his leg kicks were working both of the right. leg kicks were actually working pretty well oh yeah i know man and and both of them were like and i said last week like i hope these guys just come out and start leg kicking each other until one of them falls and it literally started like that and then i felt like they both kind of got away from they it both after threw round over one. 50 oh really know? okay Maybe well, I just according wasn't. to ESPN, we'll take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I but, might not have been tracking him in as well. Um, but yeah, it's. I thought that when when Gutierrez goes back and looks, I think he'll say, "I should have went for it more." Yeah. Um, because although because Pedro does have the power, but the only way he was going to combat that was to you know make him respect sure. him a little bit more. And it looked like in that third, he was trying to set up that head kick and the, the knockout shots because he knew he needed it. Right. But I felt like he could have done that in round two as well. Yeah. Um. And made a better look, a little bit more of a show for himself. But I mean, good for Pedro to get back on track after you know a rough little run, a yeah. little bit there. And, and for Chris, I mean, that's not a bad loss to have. Pedro sure. Munoz has beat some of the best guys in the division, and yeah. to, and to be there and have a you know you didn't get finished, you had you know some good success, build off of that. And I would love, I can't wait for to see him come back as well. Yeah, good for Pedro. As you said, only one he had only won one in his last six mm -hmm. his first win in two years uh and it's a big one you know so just still showing that he's capable of competing within that top 10 um and i know we all you know we all picked gutierrez for this fight but um he was a tough pick coming pedro was coming into this man but i'm glad that he went out showed like i said excellent game plan um and, and he did exactly what you have to do against a guy like Chris Gutierrez. And especially after the um, how the O'Malley fight went with the yeah, eye poke. and a good rebound. You know, you're putting it, you know, there's not like a, you don't, you're not putting yourself in a position where people know if I'm, oh, was that good? Is that bad? Because you didn't get to right. see how the fight was going to end. So Absolutely. Our next fight, John Brandon Royval <laughs> defeats Mateus Nicolau via first round knockout. <laughs> Again. Just another beautifully timed knee that lands flush for Roy Val, just as Nicolau was stepping in with a punch of his own. Um, and Nicolau's knees just turned into wet noodles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a couple of follow a couple follow-up shot shots, I mean, um, on the ground, but I don't think Mateusz was gonna survive that knee anyways. No. Um, and this is just a massive win for Brandon Roy Val. And this is exactly why we picked to preview this fight. Cause it's it was just we knew it was gonna be crazy. So Yeah, well, I mean, even Dana White admitted that he made a mistake now putting them on the main card because yeah. this was i mean and as good as the barbosa one was the fact that he landed this out in the middle out in the open yeah you know just perfectly timed didn't even do like a tell sure he just kind of popped it up and it was right there like geez yeah man. i just and like yeah i know dana acknowledged it and i'm so glad that he did uh because the ufc has just been killing it lately with the matchmaking mm -hmm. as of late but the bout order and not even just in this one man the bout orders have been a bit wacky sometimes right. like and i know he said they just overlooked it but how whoever overlooks number four versus number five in a division and buries it on a undercard of a prelim like i'm not saying 
by any means you don't fire that person, but you're definitely like, hey, we cannot let yeah. this happen again. And, and like, no, no offense to Clay Guida, he's a legend, but how do you not just start the card off with Dude. that fight? You know I what mean, I'm saying? Because that's it, what I'm saying. It's like it's hard to be critical, but like somebody drop the ball. And the implication <laughs> of the winner. You know, we, when we talk about this, it's easily yeah. We'll get to it a little bit more, which I I have written down. Um, is we're gonna get to the future of the flyweight division a little bit. Right. But yes, this easily could be even still um, a number one contender match. Right. You know, like I mean, Roy Val said he wants uh, he wants the title next. Uh, and I think he deserves it. There's a chance. Um, but again, we will revisit this in the news. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know how that gets slipped through the cracks. Right. You know? And uh, he did say that he was also granted to be the backup for yeah. what we'll talk about in the news. But yeah, I think that, I mean, what a way, what a, there's no better way to put a division on right. notice if you're Roy Val than taking out somebody like, um, Nikolai, who's been doing everybody like that. Yeah, he's been going. He's been running through even tougher competition. So, yeah. after having you know, and Brandon Roy Val's been in there with the best in the division, right? Moreno, Pantoja, sure. So, also Zach Cummings Ed, uh, and Ed Herman uh, go down swinging. Man, both guys retire. That fight was just <laughs> insane. Zach Cummings getting the win there, um, and then both guys taking the gloves off. Awesome moment there as they mm -hmm. retire in the cage. I thought that was just really, really a cool, cool moment. Yeah. Um, and then Bill Algeo coming out, which phenomenal performance by Bill Algeo, and then just goes full heel again. Yeah. Loved it because it's like you had the Clay Guida thing, which to yeah. me was just like silly, stupid. Um, I 100% like Dana was just like, dude, <laughs> nah. no, I don't blame him. Like he yeah. said, like, dude, Ron, you're faking a retirement to wish somebody happy birthday. Like, right. um, and then, you know, I mean, it was an okay fight. You know, it was it wasn't right. terrible watch, but, like, it definitely wasn't deserving of, like, both guys getting a time on the mic, right? right. So, yeah, Dana was not happy about no. that, and I don't blame him. But at least if you're Bill Algeo, you made it a moment, right? Because oh, yeah. he was doing it to go full heel. Um, and But then, like, Guida just, like, weirdly took advantage of it. Like, I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, it was very a weird awkward, night, weird. Yes, it was a weird night, man. Sometimes, From the very first fight. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, horrible decision there. Um, I did see Dana said they're going to look into it. Um Mm -hmm. I don't know much of what you can do, but that is the case sometimes. Um, and then the weird Gillian, uh, Gillian Robertson with the arm bar. Oh, that not girl tap, tap. Uh, I like, mean, that lady. Yeah. I mean, she, and, and like, I think Gillian Robertson said in her post fight, like, if anything, he saved her if she didn't tap because I was going to break it. And if right. you know anything about an arm bar, you know, she started going to that hip. As soon as she pulled it over the hip, it's like, there's not, and, I mean, there's not much more there other than a break that's going to happen. Right. So. Agreed. Uh, okay, with Brandon out, I'm going to be doing score duties for a minute. So, updated scores. Like I said, Brandon did get us our his picks later in the week, uh, and Brandon laid a big old goose egg. Zero Ooh. points. So, Brandon is at 23. John, you got one point for Edson. You are mm -hmm. at 24, so you're only one point ahead of Brandon. And big old Max Holloway came through for yeah. me. Uh, gave me all three points. So I am now at top with 33. Nice. 10 points ahead of Brandon there. Uh, again, bless Holloway, man. Saved my night for sure. <laughs> uh, but Johnny, big swing and a miss for our boy Brandon. Not as bad as your zero points from a possible 12, but zero of eight for him mm, this week. Not that great. Relatively close. You still hold the worst ever, uh, but you can definitely give him some smack when he comes back about yeah. it. Because 0 for 8 is not good. No. <laughs> Let's keep it moving, John. UFC Fight Night this Saturday, April 22nd, back 
back at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, main card start time of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, but it's going to be tough being back at the Apex, man. Yeah. These live fight nights with the big crowds have just been so fun. But a great heavyweight main, main event nonetheless. So, John, set us up for Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlovich. All right. In our main event, we do have number three, Sergey Pavlovich, taking on number four, Curtis Blades, in a crucial heavyweight matchup that could very well determine the next challenger for the title. Sergey is a surging contender with a record of 17-1. and 14 of those 17 wins are knockout. Since losing his UFC debut by TKO to Alistair Overeem, Pavlovich has routed off five straight first-round knockouts, three of those coming in the last year, the biggest being his most two recent with over uh, title challengers Derek Lewis and Taito Avasa. Meanwhile, Curtis Razor Blades who's been a mainstay in the heavyweight division since 2016, has quietly became one of the more well-rounded fighters in the division. Known as more of a wrestler who looks to control guys and do ground and pound, Blade as of late has became a striker almost, yeah. uh, putting on displays that the world would never really associate with his game. That best uh, was best shown in his knockout victory over Chris Dacus and most recently a short-lived fight over Tom Aspinall, um, the former ending within 15 seconds with the weird shot to the knee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, and for uh, Blades, the guy's only lost to two of the former title champion, or either a champion or a contender, with Derek Lewis and twice to Francis Ngannou. Yeah. So you have to be a special guy to beat him. While Sergey will be looking to put his final stamp on his claim for a title shot after knocking out the best in the division and even being a backup fighter for the John Jones Sorrell gain fight. Uh, don't blink because this one will end very quickly. Absolutely, John. And uh, no, Brandon, we will get his p picks midweek. Uh, so go ahead, you, and I guess it kind of sucks because you're going back-to-back -back with it. But you go ahead and just give us your pick and prediction. Yeah, I I think that Pavlovich is that type of special. Yeah. Um, when, it, when we talk about a Derek Lewis and, and Francis being the only other guys that can really do something to Curtis Blades, um, I do think Curtis Blades has made very huge leaps with his boxing, mm -hmm. and he still has his wrestling there. But I think that Pavlovich is so reckless because he knows if that hand touches you, that's it. And sure. he's proven it against guys like uh, you know Derek Lewis and Taito Avasa who yeah. have good chins. So I'm going to take Sergey Pavlovich. I'm going to say uh, first-round TKO. I think he just starts fast. I find this one incredibly hard to pick for, um, and I hope I can explain this because it makes sense in my head, but I don't know if I can verbalize it properly. The reason I find it hard is because I feel like you're going to look silly either way you pick here. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's obvious that probably one of two things will happen. Either Blades takes Pavlovich down and just dominates him, or Pavlovich knocks his block off kind of the way Derek Lewis did to Blades. Right. And that's why I say I think you'll look silly either way because if Blades gets him down, I don't think Pavlovich gets up, but but then it's hard to ignore. We've seen Blades get caught going for a takedown. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're Pavlovich, who just touches guys and then they don't get up, you know. Um, but one thing I've always said, too, about Pavlovich is he may be a one-trick pony. Uh, but when that one-trick pony is – or that one-trick, excuse me, is so good, it's hard to argue with it, right? So either way, at the end, someone could say, how did you not see this coming for right. either guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get it. Uh, however, uh, when Blades got caught, uh, the shot that he did uh, against Derek Lewis. He threw that takedown. He went in for it very naked. He didn't set mm -hmm. it up with his hands at all. Um, and since that fight, it is something that he has improved on. Um, I think he knows he has to be perfect in a fight like this. Um, and to me, there's n uh, no coincidence uh that Pavlovich's one uh, one and only loss, excuse me, in the UFC, he got taken down and never got back up, and it was mm -hmm. against Alistair Overeem. And Overeem definitely had um, the chops on the feet to set it up. We can't mm -hmm. ignore that. 
But the stand-up is something, as you've mentioned, that we've also seen seen improve with blades. Um, even in the Aspinall fight, as small as the sample size as it was, you can see he's a different fighter on the feet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, like I said, I just have this feeling, you know, you said what we've seen from Pavlovich, especially in the Lewis and Ty, Ty Tuivasa, right? Mm -hmm. Those guys are just in there trading leather. Right. This that Curtis Blades, there's no way he goes in and with that type type of a game plan. I think he's gotta be tactical. He's gonna be cerebral with it. And then he's gonna have to be careful and pick those shots. Make sure he sets them up. Don't get caught the same way you did mm -hmm. against Eric Lewis. But I think he will. Um and I think if he gets Pavlovich down, especially in the first round, it does not leave round one. So give me Curtis Blades via round one TKO. Yeah, and it's interesting because one thing I think Pavlovich does well is he doesn't let guys really settle into their game sure. plan because, like I said, he's just reckless. He goes forward, he throws punches. So if you're if your blades and maybe you're starting to fall in love with these hands that you're getting, yeah. maybe you need to put those back, make them a side check oh, for this one because dude, I don't. And I think he will, but it's like if you go watch what was that Aspinall fight like forty five seconds maybe fifteen I think I don't even know, but like. Even the small little thing that it was got, it was like, oh, like I almost like I hate it for Aspinall, obviously, but mm -hmm. we just got so robbed because I wanted to see that play out so oh, bad, yeah. and it's just like, ugh, because I think we would have so much more answers on, and, and you know maybe if Aspinall wins, he's in this fight, you know, but we would have so much answers on both guys. But mm -hmm. I was really liking what Curtis Blades did there in those first couple seconds, right. for whatever it's worth. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, this is that like don't blink fight for mm -hmm. sure, which every Sergey. Pavlovich fight is and I will say 100% I feel like winner of this we can talk more about it next week because we'll have to see the result how it plays out right uh, per usual there's a good chance number one contender is on the line after a potential maybe Stipe fight we don't know <laughs> right and I wonder if Blades has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for not being the replacement Could. for the Jones and a surreal gone fight it'll so. be interesting our co-main event and next fight we are picking for John Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone set us up all right in our co-main event we have a banger in the bantamweight division as number eight Song Yadong faces off with number 10 Ricky Simone Song coming off a doctor stoppage loss to Corey Sanhagen in a very great fight that saw him get cut open leading to the stoppage before that loss Song had run off uh, three wins in a row. Simone, on the other hand, has won five straight, and most recently being a submission victory over the highly touted Jack Shore. Uh, he also holds a victory over the number one current bantamweight, uh, Marab. But after fighting three times in 2021, Simone found himself in no man's land in terms of finding somebody willing to fight him. Mm -hmm. um, there was rumors of him being matched up with Sean O'Malley, but that never ended up happening. And he's only fought one time in 2022. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for him, and even more fortunately for us as fans, Song Yadong is as tough as they come, yeah. and he's always game to fight anybody. The alpha male product is looking to get back into contention for a title shot, as Ricky Simone will be looking to capitalize on an opportunity to make a huge opponent undeniable. Absolutely. Again, we'll get Brandon's pick midweek. John, who you taking? <sighs> this one's a little bit tougher to me than the, the main because I just yeah. – uh, Song Yadong is so good. He's, his hands are so fast. He's um, at a great camp. And Ricky Simone is so good as well. We just don't see as much of right. him. Um, and I feel like the best that we – I mean, obviously, he has a win over Marab, but in this current run, Jack Shore was his biggest win for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge win. Jack Shore is so good. Right. Um, man, I, I think that Song Yadong's hands are so good. I would like to – I think – and he – I mean, he's at a camp that does a lot of wrestling uh, at Alpha Male, so – I kind of want to stick with him because it's kind of almost like a recency bias of what I've seen him done more recently. But Ricky Simone is so good. Uh, and I just don't know if Ricky Simone has the type of holes that uh, Song Yadong can 
can expose. And I think Ricky Simone's wrestling is is top notch, and he's so durable. Great cardio. I'm gonna take Ricky Simone by decision. Yeah, like just another A one matchup. As I said, the mm. UFC's just been knocking it out of the park with all these fight nights. It, you know, it's nice. At least the top, we're getting really good matchups most of the time. Uh, but both of these guys just carry one punch knockout power. I mean, Ricky Simone's lats have lats. I mean, this dude's back is insane. Um, and then I think Song will have the speed and technique advantage on the feet. Uh, so if these guys just start trading leather, I think either of them could definitely go down. Um, and I think uh, this may be one where house on the line, I'm probably taking Song Yudong. However, you can go ahead and play the music. <laughs> I've been so high on Ricky Simone for a while, and I'm not fading him here and now. Uh, I think his leg kicks and wrestling could combine as a tough combination for Song to deal with. Uh, Song Yudong, excellent takedown defense. Sanhagen only scored like one out of 14 on him, or 15, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but Simone is just a different level with the takedowns, man. He's going to shoot and reshoot. He chains things together. Um, right, you know, If he misses on one, he's going straight to the next takedown attempt um, if the first one isn't there. And we've talked about that being one of the different levels you look for in elite wrestlers in MMA, and Ricky has it for sure. Uh, plus, I think uh, he uses the takedowns and pace as a weapon, similar to what we do see from Marab Dwalish. Really, mm-hmm. it's no coincidence to me that Ricky Simone has beaten Marab. Right. Um, he does it just as good, if not better, right? right. Um, and he's going to have to use every bit of the tank to get it done here against Song Yudong. Um, it's going to be a grind. I think it'll be a unanimous decision for Ricky Simone. That's what I'm going to pick. Um, Song Yudong has... That's what? what I picked. Oh, you said... I thought you said Song Yudong. No, I swear. I was... As I was going through, that's why I said I was okay. I was up in air about it. I was like, no, I got to go Ricky Simone. So Song Yudong has never been submitted. I do think Ricky Simone will get him down. So I go there or do I go for the knockout, man? Ricky, what is last... Has his last two been finishes right no i think his last one was a sub before that was a decision Mm, he's got some knockouts too let's go for it let's go for it ricky simone let's go ricky simone by second round submission let's do it ricky i mean jack shore is a a really good fighter too i'm sorry i could have swore you said um song Yudong. that's my bad well if we play it back and i was wrong i'm pretty sure that's what i was going with as i was ending it because i in my head i was like as much as i really like song Yudong. yeah if you look at what ricky's done it's just really hard to deny it is, man, but I, I really feel like once these guys start trading, because I do think it's inevitably going to happen, if if that does happen, either of these guys are going down. I mean, oh, there's yeah. just no stopping it. Two other great fights on this card uh, to keep your eyes on. Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva and Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon. I saw a statement where Bobby Green said this is his last fight, but like he's going to change his name or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> he's a different dude. It's a very, very Bobby Green statement. I didn't quite follow it. Didn't read the full article either. So we might have something to talk about there next week for sure. John, yeah. let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's start off with some really big news as a YouTuber turned prize fighter, Jake. Paul yeah. will be facing UFC bad former UFC bad boy Nate Diaz. They'll be competing in a boxing match August 5th uh, in Dallas at American Airlines Center. Um, it's going to be at 185 pounds. It's going to be eight rounds and 10 ounce gloves, and it will be on Danzen for pay-per-view. The event will be a 50-50 collaboration between Paul's most valuable promotion and Diaz's Real Fight, Inc. It will be the first time Diaz has ever promoted himself, as it's also the first time he's fought outside the UFC in 15 years. Um, this is his first pro career boxing match. So 
huge fight. Um, obviously, um, after it was announced, both guys making comments. Um, Paul saying his last fight didn't end how he wanted to, and he wants to make a statement basically taking out – his team wanted him to take KSI or easier fights, but he wanted to take out the bad guy, uh, Nate Diaz. And then uh, Diaz actually saying, besides Canelo, he's the biggest thing in boxing. I'm here to conquer that. I'm the king of combat sports. And then afterwards, I'm headed back to get my UFC belts. I messed up Connor. Super, uh, I'm a super fight hero, real fight game. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see this matchup. Um, I want to know what you think about him going kind of from Tommy Fury to Nate Diaz, kind of going back to his formula pre-Tommy Fury. I think either Nate Diaz or Logan Paul is playing some 4D chess here. And yes, I said Logan Paul. And maybe Jake is in on it too, possibly all three of them. Uh, Logan did an interview with Ariel Hawani during WrestleMania where he said he thought a boxing fight was almost done between him and Nate, but Nate pulled out last minute. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd think maybe now that it's Jake that Logan would feel a bit slighted, right? Like, dude, you came in and took my big fight. But what if this was the game plan all along? Because we know Nate wants to come back to the UFC, right? He right. said that. They asked Dana about it last night. He said, you know, we, you know, they talked to him. And they probably knew about this WWE merger during that interview Logan did. Uh, Logan did re-sign with the WWE. Mm -hmm. It was announced. We know he is a UFC sponsor with the Prime. Uh, Dana has been very open about Logan possibly fighting in the UFC. So... What if the plan all along was for Nate to box Jake, uh -huh. and then whether he wins or loses, doesn't matter, his next fight is back in the UFC, and it's against his brother, uh, uh, who he either beat or lose, you know, lost to in a boxing fight, because right. either way there's a storyline, but it's against Logan Paul in MMA and in the UFC. Now all three are getting big paydays, and if you're Nate, you found a way to double dip both Paul brothers, <laughs> yeah. something that nobody's found a way to do yet, right? Right. Um, and maybe there was never a boxing fight set up between Logan and Nate, but Logan knew the fight between Jake and Nate because he probably would have known mm -hmm. that was going to happen, and he knew the merger between WWE was going to happen. So in the words of Uncle Joey Diaz, again, <laughs> he planted the seed for yeah. a big MMA fight with Nate in the UFC. Yeah, there's a lot of there's That's a lot of possibility. That's my conspiracy there. theory. <laughs> you, how big is Logan Paul though? He's a big guy. Like, does he get to 170? I don't know, but Nate would go up and fight him at 190. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Nate would probably fight him at 205, dude. I mean, I don't think that. I just yeah, don't think for different Nate weight guy. classes are ever going to matter ever um, again. And, and and if Nate came back to the UFC next year. Absolutely, they could still do the Conor McGregor fight. Yeah. You know, Dana could say, dude, I don't want to hear nothing about no Logan Paul. You know, if you want to come back, we can do Conor, if it makes sense and timing right. and stuff. And I think they would probably maybe prioritize that over a Logan Paul fight. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, like, the ins and outs of that stuff. But I'm just saying, I just found it very weird that yeah. Logan Paul told Ariel Hawani he thought they were going to box. And then here we are through two, three weeks later, and it's Jake. And it's like, yeah. did you know that they were going to box and you were just trying to plant that little seed and that little storyline to where yeah. just maybe you can, you know, I don't they, know. They all got some very weird things that happen when business happens because the KSI Jake Paul felt like it was a, a lock. They were, you know, had all that promotion against each right. other. It was actually, I think, booked at one point and then kind of took away. So, sure. Um, that's, that's interesting, but nonetheless, we have a huge fight. Yeah. Um, some people are questioning, you know, how much of a difference can Nate Diaz bring than like an Anderson or somebody yeah. else, but, uh, interesting all as well. Uh, Charles Oliveira forced out due to injury of lightweight or in his lightweight co-main event, two eight, uh, UFC 288 bout against Benil Darush. The UFC seems to want to keep the right 
uh, keep the fight together and just move it to a later date when Oliveira is healthy. Dana announcing Saturday night that they will be looking for a new fight to be featured as the co-main event after a graphic uh, of the updated card was shown in between rounds that had Jessica Andrade and Yan Xiaomang yeah. under uh, Aljamain and Henry Cejudo. Yeah, super unfortunate, but I'm glad that it's... Well, I guess now I thought it was going to be getting rebooked. Maybe they're going to find Benil a new opponent. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. I hope that they just rebook it, but mm-hmm. I also understand Benil... That dude, like Dana said it best, if he uh, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck. Uh, so I understand if Benil wants to fight, cool. Um, but I said, I and I still believe that Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush is the biggest non-title fight the UFC can make right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do hope that fight stays together, stays together depending how long Oliveira. I mean, if it's going to be long-term, I totally understand it. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see who the new co-main event is going to be and if Benil Dariush will be a half, one half of that. So. Right. Uh, speaking of people interested in the fallout of the Oliveira injury, uh, Hanato Moicano has been forced out of his uh, UFC Fight Night 223 main event with injury as well. He was scheduled to fight Armand Sarukian. Since the announcement of these two cancellations, Armand has called the UFC to allow him to replace Charles Oliveira and fight Benil Darush. Mm-hmm. But it seems that as of now, they still want to make Charles and Benil or possibly something bigger. Uh, as they await Islam to return to action later this year. Sure. But Armand, he's another one of those guys that's just looking for a big fight. Yep. Uh, staying on the 288 train, it was announced that Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell was in need of a new opponent for his, his bout for 288 as his original opponent, Jonathan Pierce, had to pull out of the fight. During the UFC Kansas City card, it was previously mentioned they showed the updated card, and on that graphic it showed Bryce Mitchell's new opponent being the always tough Mav, Mavzar Ivolov. Ivolov, yep. Yeah, that's a tough fight. Yeah, yeah, you didn't say envelope. Yeah, no, that's poor Bryce, man. I mean, not poor Bryce. He can win that fight, but dude just keeps getting monster after monster. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Moreno looking to defend his title against a familiar foe and the one who holds two victories over him him in Alexandre Pantoja. The fight will take place in Las Vegas at UFC 290. Mm -hmm. Um, Huge fight. Kind of seen that that was coming, but there's only been like three or four guys who've went into a trilogy fight being down 0-2, so it'll be a... a, It's technically not a trilogy fight fight because the first fight was on the ultimate fighter doesn't count on either guy's record so it will be technically two number two but yeah um on that same card for and a little bit of a shocker we have a fastly moving contender manil cop facing off with former flyweight king davison figueredo cop is slated to fight alex perez previously but the fight was canceled uh night of due to an illness for perez and figgy who had been rumored to be moving up to 135 pounds possibly facing dom cruz being called out by multiple other bantamweights has seemed to change his mind about the change of division one would assume that he sees pantoja as someone who can take out moreno thus giving him a quicker route back to the title whereas a win by Moreno would make the prospects of doing a fifth fight highly unlikely. Yeah, interesting news here from Figueredo deciding to stay at 125 pounds. I think he's looking at the Moreno booking. He knows Pantoja has beat Moreno twice, technically, Mm -hmm. uh, even though, like I said, one was on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, And his thought is it's probably worth taking one more fight at flyweight in case Pantoja wins, right? Because if that happens, that's his quickest path back to a title rather than going up and, you know, maybe having to win a couple at Bantamweight. So, Mm -hmm. Interesting news there from Figgy, but yeah. Um, sticking to news of possible weight class changes, former middleweight champion. Not uh, possible. This one's confirmed. 
Right. Oh, I'm just saying like before leading up to this, it oh, was okay. uh, gotcha, it was gotcha. kind of put around. Former middleweight champion Alex Bejeda announcing on his social media accounts that his next fight will be at 205 pounds as he makes his cross into the light heavyweight division, stating that he's going up in weight, but he will keep an eye on Izzy. After his announcement, the current champion at 205, Jamal Hill, welcomed to the division with a tweet. Hill asked about a potential matchup with Bejeda after Alex's fight against Izzy, in which Hill responded that he's ready for whoever. Obviously, Glover has been saying during the lead up for uh, 287 that Alex could even fight at heavyweight if he wanted so it'll be interesting to see what Pajeda looks like cutting less weight what do you think about the move yeah I think him versus Jan Blachowicz makes a ton of sense Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the in line with how they've kind of booked him at middleweight you know, coming right. into it, uh, which is a fast track with an emphasis on matching him up with other strikers. Mm-hmm. Because if he beats Jan, then he could definitely challenge the winner of Yuri Prahashka versus Jamal Hill. Right. Um, and I know that sucks for a guy like Magomed Ankalaev, something me and you talked about, uh, mm-hmm. because it kind of leaves him on the outside. Right. But I don't think they'll give Alex a guy like Magomed who would have a significant grappling advantage. But right. we'll see. You know, you never know anymore with how they're going to book these guys. Yeah, it's, it, it's a lot of good fights for him up there. So it'll be interesting to see how he looks. Yeah. Uh, lastly, TJ Gillisall announced on his social media that his temporary retirement from fighting is now a permanent one, stating that, in all honesty, he's pretty mad that he didn't get a choice, get the choice to retire, feeling that he's too good to hang up his gloves now, but um, he hadn't told many people that he's going back under the knife again for surgery after his first one didn't take on his shoulder. Uh, being told that his shoulder would never be good enough to compete again is hard to hear, and that he'd been delaying the surgery, trying to find a better solution, but it seems almost irreparable. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it, uh, hey, and you know, like something me and you talked about with that news is like, um, you almost wonder if him deciding to go through with that Aljo fight contributed to this yeah, non constantly trying did, to pop it in and did out it make and, the injury worse, right. you know? And and I hope that, um, you know, I I I hate that for a guy yeah. like him, but you know, I do hope maybe other fighters look at that and consider, you know, and I know the money can get tough, man, and and the opportunity to fight somebody especially for a title doesn't come often. Mm-hmm. So you got to ch- take it. Um, but I do hope other fighters look at that. Like, man, it's just not worth it. Well, even Yuri, yeah. you know, getting hurt, having his teammates trying to pop it yeah. back in cost him, you know, the a fight with Glover and now yeah. he has to get his title back. So. Absolutely. John song of the week. Um, I'm not going to take it from you. And this is not one, it. but the one I'm thinking right now is baby, come back. That was a good one. Because we need Brandon. Yeah. I I don't know if this is translating to the listening side of it, but like this timing is just really weird. We've done it before, but I think... Just not having that one extra beat from another person. Maybe we're like mentally, because we know it might be a couple weeks, we're like looking too far into it. Well, my song is going to be kind of alluding to that is Ready or Not by the Fugees. Because we got to come. Whether he's here or not, we got to be ready for you guys. (laughs) There you go. I like it. And what's your uh, one for the people? Uh, My one for the people is... Actually, I brought it here i got a this action bible that has like a <laughs> graphic novel comic book feel to bible stories and i'm pretty excited to jump into it so yeah it's uh definitely some interesting artwork there it's gonna be sweet for the bookshelf you know jesus with a shilling i like it just saying interesting what's your one for the people so my uh really nothing again uh again just uh Nothing, but I, I guess just thank you again uh, mm-hmm. for, like I said, I'm sure you guys can tell by now, John had to do a lot of work this week, um, so I'm appreciative of that. Uh, continue uh, to just support in any way that you can, whether it's on social media, whether it's uh, going, giving us five stars, giving us written review on Apple Podcasts. Comments on Comments, posts. following us. Uh, continue to support um, the UG and MixedMartialArts.com and Mixed Martial Arts Underground because um, right now, 
you know, obviously I'm still doing, or I'm continuing to do a lot of work with them. And so by supporting them, uh, you're supporting me, which then supports us. Right. right. So, uh, continue to support those, uh, media outlets as well. Um, and yeah, man, just excited. Uh, and we'll definitely be back next week. I promise. Yes, sir. <laughs> if there's one thing for certain. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. Yeah. Baby. Apologies if this seemed like a quick ending, an abrupt ending, but, uh, my laptop's about to die. It's and called guess, being clutch. And guess who didn't bring in his charger? Uh, so come back next week. Uh, we were supposed, we will recap Blades versus Pavlovich. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be previewing Moikano versus Sarukian, but uh, we don't have a main event. Yeah. So we're going to have something for you, though, because there will be a fight card. Does, yes, does Benil Dariush main event next week? <laughs> you never know. At this point, they may as well Royal Rumble. Or, right. You know, just, just let, let the timer hit and then have Benny run out against uh, Paulo Costa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the secret juice, baby. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.